So this morning, uh, kind of following on in our series on worship, uh, didn't Lizzie do fantastically well last week for those of you that are here or perhaps listened on home and caught up? Did Lizzie do well? Yes. Um, yes. So um, this morning I'm speaking from Acts 2, verses 42, 47. So if you could turn in your Bibles uh, to that passage of Scripture, that'd be really good. I'll give you a few seconds to do that. Um, and what I'm going to ask you to do shortly, I've kind of had a quick count through, uh, you know, the upper room, as it were, in terms of how many tables we've got, and try and just quickly divide the verses into tables, and then just get your gauge, get your opinions on what you think of each one. So, hopefully you're all there by now. So, JB's table, if you could look at verse 42. Uh, Esther and Danielle, if you could look at verse 43. Uh, well, we've got... Perhaps uh, if Mike uh, could team up with Jerry and Sarah, perhaps, and do verse 44. Uh, then we've got Jitte at the back, um, perhaps 45. Am I doing too many tables? And perhaps Liz uh, as well, and you guys kind of team up with them. Uh, Ian and Emmanuel's table, if you could do 46. And maybe... maybe who would like to do verse 47? Anyone 47? Any takers? Yeah, go on, Lewis. Fantastic. Verse 47. So, I'm going to give you uh, about a minute, literally a minute, uh, to have a look at your verse. Hopefully you've all remembered it. And just kind of, just feast on it for that minute. And then we'll get into uh, my talk. So there we go. A minute, off we go. So what is it speaking to you? What are the kind of things that are highlighted uh, in your mind in terms of perhaps the type of devotion, all those kind of things? Pardon? Volume up. Volume up. Okay, okay. Kai, my glamorous assistant, I'll try and do this as well. I'll try and keep it. There we go. Hopefully it's not too loud when I keep on moving. Okie dokie, I think that's probably a minute now. So, just going to very quickly read it through. So verse 42, from verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking, I've put breaking bed in their homes. On my notes, breaking bread in their homes. And they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And then lastly, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. So, heart of worship, uh, my kind of talk today is around devotion, so whether you want to use that as a title, I don't know, if you're making notes. So many of you know the song, When the Music Fades, can I have a hand up, who knows the song, Music Fades? Do any of you know the story behind the song? Any hands? Oh, there we go, one, thank you, Emmanuel. Um, Oh, there we go. Okay, so the song dates back to the late 90s, Uh, it was born from a, a time of apathy, uh, within Matt Redmond's church at the time, Soul Survivor, 
Uh, despite the church writing, you know, several key songs of contribution to the then, you know, worship revival, uh, perhaps, you know, being the envy of many, I wish I went soul survivor, um, Matt Ribbon's congregation, well, not Matt Ribbon's congregation, the church's congregation was struggling to find meaning in its musical outpouring at the time. And I've highlighted here, the first part, it says, there was a dynamic missing. So the pastor did a pretty brave thing, he recalls. He decided to get rid of the sound system and band for a season. And Matt goes on to say, we gathered with just our voices. His point was that we'd lost our way in worship, and the way to get back to the heart would be to strip everything away. Reminding his church family to be producers in worship, not just consumers, the pastor, Mike Pilavachi, who many of you may know, um, asked, when you come through the doors on a Sunday, what are you bringing as your offering to God? Matt says the question initially led to some embarrassing silence, but eventually people broke into a cappella songs and heartfelt prayers, encountering God in a fresh way. Before long, we reintroduced the musicians and sound system as we gained a new perspective that worship is all about Jesus. And he commands a response in the depths of our souls, no matter what the circumstance and setting. The heart of worship simply describes what occurred. And you'll know the words, when the music fades, all is stripped away and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, just squashed my microphone. Um, so Lizzie mentioned last week that sung worship is a huge part of our Christian lives as, as a couple, as a family. Um, I'm really struck and interested by the story behind songs. Um, so listening, reading about how songs came about, scripture experiences and so on, and how they creatively flow out of the heart of worshippers. So what a brilliant insight that is to kind of actually hear, you know, just the story behind that song that many of you would have just sung, you know, sung off the cuff for all this time. So we've just read from and hopefully reflected amongst your tables uh, different aspects, sorry, of Acts 2, 42, 47. So what does being devoted mean from the life of a Christian? Am I still loud enough for you to at the back? Jonathan's giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> Thank you, Jitte. Um, so Matt Chandler, um, a pastor and author who has written a few popular books as well as a great quote go-to. Who likes quotes in the room? Does anyone like kind of quotes? Obviously nothing can replace scripture. I don't want to be saying that this morning, but I do love a good stirring quote. Um, he says this. For those of you who don't know, sorry, he leads the village church in Texas. Uh, he says this. And this really kind of knocked me off my chair, metaphorically, when preparing. He says, find the things that stir your affections for Christ and saturate your life in them. Find the things that rob you of that affection and walk away from them. That's the Christian life as easy as I can explain it to you. So I'm going to say that again, if anyone's writing notes. Uh, Find the things that stir your affections for Christ and saturate your life in them. Find the things that rob you of that affection and walk away from them. That would have been a good photo, wouldn't it, for the website, not me. Anyway, that's the Christian life as easy as I can explain it to you. What stirs your affection? 
Think of the imagery there. Is it a brilliant meal at an excellent pub restaurant? Is it that superb holiday resort that you keep dreaming about? Is it the thought of a better paid job, a big house, a faster car, the thought of seeing your football team win their respective division? I always go back to football, I'm sorry. So, what things stir your affection for Christ? Here's my little subheading. Um, I've hopefully done so, you know, a kind of easily followable, I'm going to use that word, um, thing where I've literally just taken each verse like you guys have uh, and just kind of get some thoughts around that. So the first table, you had verse 42. Could I have a, a volunteer to read it out for me? Sorry, Kai, I should have preempted you there. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Fantastic. So from that verse, I've got... Is it those times of devoting time to Jesus? So listening to and searching out good, well-respected, sound biblical teaching? Is it being in fellowship with one another? Running partners, households, bigger socials, hope on Sundays here at Costa? Is it partaking in communion or getting caught up in a really stirring prayer meeting? And I'll put a little hyphen, every prayer meeting should be stirring, by the way. Verse 43, Danielle or Esther, sorry Kai, would one of you mind sharing uh, that verse for me? Fantastic, thank you. So what things stir your affection for Christ? Lizzie and I were talking about the New Day, about New Day, sorry, and soul survivor events of our time. It stirred up memories of yesteryear being in a big top when awe came upon every soul in most meetings uh, and incredible times of worship with many signs, many wonders, sorry, and signs, to quote the scripture, being done. As many people came to Christ and many were miraculously healed. Do these kind of things stir your affection for Christ? Please note these two things mentioned don't just happen in big top meetings. I yearn to see them in the everyday which we'll come on to later. Verse 44, who would be winning? Thank you, Jerry. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Fantastic, thank you. Being Hope Church, sitting born Monday to Sunday, honouring Jesus, obeying God's word, praying beyond ourselves, everyone being a witness, working together in one accord to make who known? Jesus. Yes. Does that stir your affection for him? Verse 45, who would be willing to offer their beautiful voices? Thank you, Jonathan. Fantastic. Um, it says in Proverbs 21:13, whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. I'm going to say that again. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. Are your eyes and ears inclined to those in need? Does it stir your affection for him when you see those that have a little react a lot to the courage of those who are willing to sell their possessions? So we prayed as a church for the butchers at last week's breakthrough prayer meeting. Uh, For those of you that don't know, they're on mission in Bolivia. Um, And... They've, yeah, they've moved to Bolivia and things are starting to take shape. I remember watching the initial videos of them setting up camp 
having heard that they literally sold everything back home, seeing their devotion in selling their possessions and belongings in order to help the needy. That is an act of worship far greater than any song we could sing. Verse 46, who would be willing to share verse 46? 46, so they, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Fantastic, thank you Emmanuel. So attendance, attending, running partners, households, prayer meetings, hope at Costa, does it stir your affection for Jesus when you're in the presence of brothers and sisters who you know are busy and have stressful jobs that they attend? Does it warm your heart when people open up their homes with glad and generous hearts to serve and bless others? Verse 47, come on Lewis. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people, and the Lord added to their numbers daily those who are being saved. Fantastic, thank you. Does the knowledge that God alone can stir the human heart to enable true repentance and faith stir your affection for Christ? I'm going to say that a little bit again. Does the knowledge that God alone can stir the human heart to enable true repentance and faith? Stir your affection for Christ. It says in my ESV study Bible, when referencing the praising God part, one of the characteristics of true revival is a desire to spend much time in worship, with or without instruments I've put on the end. I remember a few weeks ago at our lead training, uh, we had an incredible time of worship where songs were being spontaneously started around the room, harmonies blending in and complementing one another. What with all that has happened over the last two years, um, it really was a time that I think the three of us uh, who were there, myself, uh, Lizzie and Natalie, will remember for a very long time. So this passage of scripture, verses 42 to 47, it's the first extensive summary, it says in my study Bible, if you will, um, in Acts of what the characteristics were like of the early church. This is what we are called to be like. Making much of Jesus in the everyday. Not just waiting for and craving big moments in big tops conferences and getting distracted by comparative competition. Can you remember that quote from earlier? The Matt Chandler one. I'm going to hammer it home. Find the things that stir your affections for Christ and saturate your life in them find the things that rob you of that affection and walk away from them that's the christian life as easy as i can explain it to you it says so competition comparisons comparing ourselves to different people it robs us of our affection for christ when we're devoted to jesus on the throne it changes everything There were many parts of Lizzie's talk that I found provoking and challenging, but without meaning to sound cheeky, the very last bit, and it's not a cop-out, the very last bit struck a chord with me, pun intended. Worship, Lizzie said this, I quote, Worship is not about us, ever. It is about honouring this majestic king and never forgetting the absolute honour that it is 
to do that. So I'll say, I'll say that again. Worship is not about us ever. It is about honouring this majestic king and never forgetting the absolute honour that it is to do that. The church, his bride, is called to go, to make disciples and make Jesus known. Bit of spoken word there. There is so much more to devotional worship than songs on Sunday. May those uh, reflections that I made with each verse challenge you to make much of him. Maybe the conversations that you've had um, on your tables, you know, perhaps hearing other people's uh, thoughts on them, may that challenge you as well. I've put here, we are all capable. I guess I'm reflecting on, you know, being called to go, making disciples, making Jesus' name. We are all capable. You and I are here for a reason this morning. That young boy and his mum was here for a reason this morning. I couldn't help but, you know, be distracted in a good way. He was here for a reason this morning. Those of you that may be listening into the recording, you are listening to this for a reason too. And then a few quotes, one after another. A.W. Tozer said this. Who likes a good Tozer quote? Anyone in the room? Oh, yes. Are you ready? I remind you that there are churches so completely out of the hands of God that if the Holy Spirit withdrew from them, they wouldn't find it out for many months. Well, I'll put ouch. Exclamation mark. And then Francis Chan in his excellent book. So I don't know whether you know about Francis Chan. He's done a book about letters to the church. Um, On a quick side note, he used to lead a mega church in in America. God really provoked him, challenged him. He literally sold everything, moved to Vietnam. So you get this kind of big old, you know, preacher guy that moves everything. He's written a book from his experiences and the way that God spoke to him. It's called Letters to the Church. I, I recommend it. He says this in here, the the theology that matters is not the theology we profess, so like me even standing here professing through a microphone, but the theology we practice. I'm going to say that again, the theology that matters is not the theology we profess, but by the theology we practice. So Hope Church Sittingbourne was born out of a calling from God to plant into the town, to make Jesus known and make disciples. We may not be like sole survivor in Watford with a big warehouse, big sound system, but we both have the same set of instructions. From this book, I say this book, it's not on the stand. From this book, to make much of Jesus. So as I come to finish, it says in 2 Timothy 2.21, Therefore... If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonourable, he will be a vessel for honourable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Do you want to be a vessel for honourable use, church? Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. Ding. Do you want to be a vessel for honourable use? Yes. Do you want to be more devoted to Christ? Yes. Find the things that stir your affection for Christ. And what do you do for the other one? Walk away. Run if you need to from the things that don't. That 
is worship. Let's be a devoted people. Amen? Amen. Sorry, I might come out loud. I'd like us to respond now by listening to and reflecting on uh, the words of this next song, which you may have heard the intro to earlier. Hashtag apologies. Um, By Brooke Laterwood. I think that's how you pronounce her surname. Um, As with the song I mentioned at the beginning, in terms of story, I hunted down the story behind it. And I was... I was waiting for this kind of big old, you know, I use these chapters, these books from the Bible. Um, And she literally said this came from a simple devotional time where she just, you know, just wrote down on paper a heartfelt response in terms of what God was speaking to her about. And then obviously God has used that, you know, in church. So literally during her time, it was just her wanting to be more devotional to him. And God put words on her heart. And we're just going to hear that. So I'd just like you to kind of spend some time during the song. I might kind of direct Lewis to kind of, you know, turn down the volume at some point because it could go on and on and on. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, use this song. It's a fantastic song if you've not heard it before. Um, Feel free to sing uh, if you like. But, yeah, let's just use this time to just come to a place where we want to be stirred in our affections for Christ.